Guys, Coffee with Coaches, episode number 22. This is a great chat. We geeked out a little bit, I have to warn you. We are um, three coaches talking about training, so um, we did geek out a little bit. This is Dave Jackson, one half, as you'll hear, of the uh, the co-founders of School of Calisthenics, which is an amazing, awesome online platform. I had a look. I've since done some of their free lessons and stuff. It's really cool. Um calisthenics dave will explain all this in the podcast but it's body weight training but that sounds boring it's not boring at all you check out some of the ridiculously cool stuff they do handstands human flags uh, just you name it they they do it and they're in amazing shape unbelievable uh unbelievable sort of platform that they offer and some of the stuff that they can teach you guys to be able to do is incredible so i want you to check that out um You'll hear us talk a lot about, um, well, Jacko's sort of route from rugby into uh, into into calisthenics, and um, injuries. We talk about we talk about um, a lot of joints and progression. How you can overload with uh, with with body weight movement only. It's it's fantastic. It's a great episode. I've just listened back to the whole thing myself, which I don't very often do when rec- <laughs> when uh, publishing these podcasts. So. Yes, that's how good it is. I strongly urge that you listen to the whole thing, that you get in touch, that you tell me that it's uh, that you loved it, but don't tell me if you didn't. Just don't tell me if you love it. I'm only positive vibes and all that. So fantastic, guys. Enjoy. Myself, Dave Menzano sits in on this because uh, we're three old mates from Nottingham. And uh, Dave Jackson, Jacko, the human flag. Enjoy. <laughs> so um i've started recording now guys and i'll um i'll introduce dave jackson jacko um from school of calisthenics welcome to coffee with coaches although i'm drinking a glass of wine at the minute and uh dave dave's just got back from a run so he's probably got a protein shake with uh, some cheers vinegar vinegar like that. vinegar yeah water and vinegar my favorite drink right, mate, apple yeah. cider vinegar organic dave that's it, that's it. <laughs> I've, How you I've, doing? I've had my one coffee for the day um so i'm on a i've got a smoothie well, wow. I wouldn't. It's bear in mind. It's it is six pm here. Like I'm not on. A, I'm not a wino. Like it's six pm. I've just <laughs> I've just been prepping some food, so that's my rule. I can crack wine as soon as I start cooking. Um, so and and that's lockdown rules as well. And it's our weekend. So guys, uh, this is uh, Dave Jackson. Who's uh, can, correct me if I'm wrong at any point. One half of the co of, of the founders of School of Calisthenics. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So me and Tim Stevenson are the. Well, there's actually there's a third. There's three of us that are directors of the business, but in terms of the coaches, yeah, me and Tim are the the two um, two idiots that came up with the concept of teaching people calisthenics. And you, so I've not seen I've not seen and spoke to you for well, I know it's ten years now because I've not been in the UK for ten years. But you was you was playing rugby and and lifting. Yeah. Yeah, So I retired. I retired from professional rugby um, seven years ago in 2013 right. uh, from a head injury. I had a seizure on the training pitch, uh, not a great time. Um, and yeah, it took me a year to be able to run without getting a headache, so to shift my symptoms. Right. Uh, but I have made a full recovery and um, part of that recovery was not just physically, it was also mentally dealing with going from a professional sort of sporting or rugby career and going, what are what are you going to do now, Jacko? Um, was you I coaching had, whilst you was playing at all, Jacko? Uh, like, was yeah. you doing any? 
yeah, so I was rugby, I was rugby coaching. Uh, mm. I started doing some rugby coaching. Um, done my sort of qualifications for that. Um, I'm a qualified school teacher. I got wow. a master's degree in engineering. Um, but despite collecting a lot of certificates uh, to allow you to do certain things, I, um, when I finished my career, I didn't want to go. I, I wanted to, I felt like I'd, I'd obviously been in a very privileged position and felt that I'd, I'd learned a lot of stuff that I didn't want to go to waste if I, you know, just went into sort of an engineering career or, or something like that. I felt that there was... You mean uh, that you'd learned from rugby, from playing sports yeah, professionally? Yeah, from, from, yeah from, from coaching rugby, from being in rugby, from yeah, just being in that sort of professional sport environment. I'd, I'd, I'd had a, a number of injuries through my career that gave me some time out where um, I did some additional uh, learning. So like a, a diploma in sports psychology, diploma in sports nutrition. So I, I just... That was all purely based on stuff that I was interested in. And I wanted to try and help, just mm. help myself. Like I wanted to understand psychology better so I could help myself with the issues I was having around mm. performing under pressure whilst I was playing. Um, and so I was looking for, I was looking for opportunity or way to um, post rugby to to try to utilise that full skill set. Uh, that's yeah. when. Um, I met Tim, um, Tim Stevenson, through a friend of mine I played with, went to the same church as us. And now I was looking at like strength and conditioning coaching, but I didn't have, I'd not done, um, I, did, I did GCSE PE. That was as far, I didn't even do A-level. I didn't do a degree in anything to do with, with sport. Um, and Tim had, Tim had done um, an apprenticeship at uh, Sport 981 at Trent University as his way into, um, into S&C. So, uh, Joshua friend uh, hooked me up with him saying, look, he got, in, he got into the way where you're interested in going without, uh, without that sort of undergrad degree in sports, exercise, science or whatever. And um, mm. yeah, we, we, we hit it off. Um, I sort of did effectively. This my is post injury, post injury. Yes. This is post injury. Yeah. So I was you advised to, to step away from intense training required for rugby and I know you was lifting and what have you, was you advised to step away from that? Would it be in, you know uh, what, what it was yeah um so i basically for i got i had the i had the seizure on the pitch in august 2013 it wasn't until january that i ended up announcing my retirement so august right. september october november december it was like five five months or so that we were actually trying to get back to playing um right but i couldn't uh, i couldn't sit and look at the tv let alone try and run um, and sort of all the classic um, head injury um, yeah, some, issues they have around issues, like yeah. just brain function, cognitive. I couldn't, um, you know, one of the ones is that it, it, it's such a weird feeling because one of the classic ones is they ask you to, like your, your classic things are like what day of the week it is and all that sort of stuff. But you, you're basically like a, I was, I was, about, I was a zombie for, for a few months. Um, so yeah, I wasn't doing any any training or any physical activity. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, when I was then, I had a had a had a, an MRI scan um, just before Christmas, and then the the the, the specialist said that um, I, had a, I had a scar from the bleed that was obviously related to when I when I had the I had the injury, and said that the um, a seizure was a sign of like. They described it as like you, you when you push, press Control Alt Delete on your computer and it reboots. Yeah, it was um, a sign of a sign of that and a sign that there was there was a bleed. It wasn't uh, often if I was lucky. If you have often if you've had a, like a 
a bleed, you might then have to have um, an operation to relieve the sort of pressure. But I was, um, it, it explained why I was still so bad because I'd had a number. I'd probably had ten, ten decent-sized head injuries during my career, yeah. and you recover from all of them eventually. But I was, it was taking less and less to to knock me out. Yeah. And this time around, it was like a few weeks have gone past, and you're like, I mean, we went back to the hospital because I was just in such a bad place, and they right. They at the time were like, look, yeah, you've had, you've had a bad concussion, like it's gonna calm down. I'm like, yeah, but this is it's been a month now, like, and I'm still and yeah, it was it was must have been a tough must have been a tough tough time. Not only that, but then realizing you had to let your career that you'd been working towards. You had years left in your playing, didn't you? What what age were you? Um, well, yeah, so I I was lucky in that it it happened. I was 31 when it happened. I just signed another two year contract. In fact, right. Um, but that was probably going to be my last one in my head, if you know what I mean. It was like, I'm okay. starting to think about what... Do- so I'd already started to think about Start this. Start to think about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just then, you know, it's funny when life throws you a, a curveball and makes you go, right, rather than just thinking about what do you want to do Deal when with it finishes, it's now like, <laughs> what are you actually going to do? And then all of a sudden yeah. you make it happen rather than... Mm. Uh, it's actually, yeah, it's been a good... Because I've, uh, you know, I've I've made a full as far as I'm aware, full recovery now. I mean, actually finding out something Dave might be interested in, of um, some research around um, the effects of head injuries on uh, on gut health and that basically people that have had a, TB, a TBI, a traumatic brain injury, almost, and it was the, the research is saying that you will have, you will have, um, you will have leaky gut or will have had it and have you, have you addressed that? And, um, you know, well, we can talk about that later potentially, but, but right? the, there's, yeah. as, as far as I feel like I've made a full recovery, if you know what I mean, I'm fully functioning um, now. Um, yeah, that's so, good. Yeah. I, mean, I, that's I remember those Because, uh, you know, I was in the gym and I could see you just on the stationary bike and, and I'd be talking to you and, and be like, yeah, I'm struggling. I don't have balance, even just like a stationary bike. And I'm really, yeah. really finding it hard just to, uh, you know, just to pedal. And then, uh, you know, from that, you went on and uh, started doing the calisthenics. And uh, I remember... Uh, you're spending hours, you know, people, people see you now and, and they probably don't know that, you know, or probably think that did you used to have a, a background in gymnastics and, you know, people know that you play rugby. But I remember you trying to do a handstand on the, on the red mat in the, in the middle of the gym floor yeah. and keep falling and falling. <laughs> but I don't look like have, an idiot. <laughs> did you have, did you have um, a, a gymnastics background, eh? No, n- neither me or Tim, none at all. That's uh, brilliant, because I'm so yeah. r- relieved you've said that, because I just, I just told someone to go to your site, because they told me to go to, to look at this calisthenics stuff, and it was all handstands and amazing stuff, but gym, they were gymnast backgrounds, and yeah. I said, no, 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 check these out. They've, they've not been standing on their head since they were four years old. You know, I'm pretty yeah. sure neither of these guys got gymnastics backgrounds. So why calisthenics, Dave? What, like, um, from a, you know, meat-heady, well, you know, sort of, rugby sort of background why why calisthenics yeah um well just just to just quickly touch on like that point that you know myself and tim both had played um rugby mm. you know, didn't know each other before we started um the school calisthenics stuff and um it's right well, it ties into the answer to your question but yeah no 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 gymnastics experience whatsoever both played rugby both actually had a number of shoulder problems from rugby and injuries that mm. we'd had um tim's dislocated his shoulder more times than he can remember um, I've got a separated AC joint um, and, and broke my scapula in two places on the coracoid and cranial process. So did a pretty decent job on knackering shoulders up playing rugby. Um, 
and actually that's probably one half of the reason of why we have em embarked on the sort of journey of calisthenics um and also probably why why when people hear that story and can see and some people like dave have seen the journey from from the beginning and other people sort of jump on later um but i think when people see our approach they can see that um it's not always necessarily perfect because we're just like everyone else out there. Yeah. We, we have Your emphasis isn't, you like, you, I've seen you put a lot of emphasis on progression and stuff, starting off from yeah. scratch. I mean, starting a business like that with, I mean, how, how shit were you <laughs> when you started your business? Was you already good? Was you doing the human uh, flag and stuff like yeah, that? Cause so me, me yes, yeah, so we start, so we started off. So basically um, I can wrap those two questions up in one almost that we, we started one, Tim, start, Tim was trying to learn to do a handstand because he was dislocating his shoulder whilst he was overhead. He, he, he dislocated it with, um, on an Olympic weightlifting workshop at the UKCA with an unloaded bar. But just anything overhead, right. externally rotated, his shoulder was just popping out. Um, and his, his sort of thought process was, if I've tried all the TheraBand stuff, I've done all my rehab like religiously and it just keeps popping out, there's, it's missing some level of robustness. Um, and his idea was if he could hold a handstand, the stability demand in that overhead position would be almost proof as a test that it was stable. And therefore training to do that test was going to be a way to sort of progressively uh, mm. load it to the point where it could deal with that. Um, and, you know, and lo and behold, since he's been able to, to do a handstand, he's never, I've, since I've known him, he's never dislocated his shoulder. And that's, and since I've known him is when he changed his training from, weightlifting to a, a traditional sort of strength training to to calisthenics for me it was probably more it was more out of the fact that once i was able to get back training after i'd got over all my my symptoms you know i was such a motivated guy for training david will have known seen me in the gym like i loved um i'd come and do extra stuff in the gym outside of what we were doing in the in the yeah. professional environment um just because i loved it and i always thought mm. when i finished playing rugby I'm just going to go full hammer and tongs at, at weightlifting. Like I love the gym so much, like that's all I'm going to do. And I found that once the, the game of rugby, the purpose of the training was taken away, I actually lacked motivation. I was looking, I remember stay, I was standing in, in the gym up at Nuffield looking around and looking at other people training really hard. And I was like, how are you managing to train Why? so hard when, for, for seemingly nothing? And that, mm. and it really challenged my own mindset and challenged, how I perceived myself because my narrative to myself before was like, I was always the most committed. I was always the most motivated. Like you could, you couldn't for work ethic, you could bit, you could be better than me at rugby, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't beat me at work ethic. Um, and then when there was no game at the weekend anymore, I was like, I was just a bit of a lost soul in the gym. And I remember doing bicep curls, looking in the, looking in the mirror. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, I just thought I was like, what, what am I doing? Why? Um, yeah. I'm doing all I knew was all the exercises our S&C coach used to tell us to do. And I was just doing those. And I mm. thought, well, you could do anything right now, anything you want to do ever. Mm. And you're just choosing to do this. So um, it sort of has, it was a nice mix of the perfect storm of like Tim doing that in terms of learning his handstand, me being bored of lifting weights and thinking there must be something more interesting I could do with my training and my time. And, um, and we met at that same time. Did the weights aspect, sorry, did the weights aspect fade out or did it stop dead and you go, right, I'm just going to... Yeah, 
at first I was, I was that classic person and we get questions like this all the time. Like, Oh, if I stop doing bench press, am I going to like lose all my gains? Um, and what happened sort of relatively quickly was you get that excited by your, uh, the calisthenics training, the progress that you're seeing in your, in your handstands, in your human foot, whatever it is that you're doing, that the, mm. the rate of progression is so fast at the beginning that you don't, you, you don't, you don't want to do anything else. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It I went the, solely to yoga myself about yeah. six months ago. I mean, I, I was not, it wasn't a step away for any real reason. I was just in the gym clock watching for the first time in 15 years. I was like, what am I doing here? And I Googled yoga studios and drove 10 minutes away, signed up for a week long past. I did seven classes in, se- in seven days. And then I did, ev- I did four classes a week up until lockdown really. Um, oh. And I was, and it was a mental change for me more than a, f- a physical change. It was getting out of that mindset of, you've got to hit your muscle group twice a week, otherwise your biceps will melt off. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, not that I'm jacked as it is, but, you know, you've been drilled into for that long, but it took me a while and actually pref- preferred my body pre-lockdown, but just about pre-lockdown, just lock- someone said, oh, you look really lean and like you've opened your shoulders up and somewhat, and, I, and my collarbones have physically looked longer from doing like, your wheel kind of positions and stuff. I can only put it down to that sort of thing. Um, And I actually really started to like my body for having done that. It's not that I'll never lift again, but it was, um, it was a nice, it was definitely a nice period for me. And now I'm just doing what I can when I can, which is a lot of calisthenics, but I've got a few bits and bobs in the house here. But But I mean, we, we had, um, people had seen our transition from, you know, in our gym down at HG, there was no one doing any calisthenics at all. We were, Someone came up to us once and saying, what are, you, what are you two doing? It just looks like you're pissing about. Hey, David, just a second. For, for people that might not know what calisthenics uh, are, yeah, or good is, point, can, can you just give a, a quick explanation of, of the type of things that you uh, would do with people generally? Um, so uh, calisthenics comes from two Greek words, kalos and stenos, which mean beauty and strength. So essentially, by its definition, it means like to, to move beautifully. Um, like we, or, you know, it, it's be- beautiful strength and, and we see like movement should be a beautiful thing. So it's trying to um, use our body as the, as the resistance to, to move, move in beautifully strong ways. So it's incorporating like, we see it as quite a holistic way or a rounded approach to training. So you're talking about yoga there, talking about good quality movement and range of motion and exploring, opening up. Well, it incorporates that, it incorporates the strength elements of, of things like um, of muscle-ups, which are progression on from your pull-ups um, your human flags are sort of your gravity defined sort of show stopping um, elements, but essentially it's using your own body weight as your resistance. But you know, the, the basics of that are your push ups, pull ups, dips, and variations of, um, but it's taking it a much further step beyond those things and challenging what, as we, we, we call it redefining your impossible, but challenging what you think your body is fully capable of and, and using, uh, you know, my narrative, the, the story I've got is that that became, learning those things became my my new motivation. I said how like when when rugby was taken away, I lacked the motivation. I needed like something to work towards, some sort of some Wait, sort of. I've got a couple of questions for you actually leading to that, uh, Dave. So, you know, how for for general people, you know, like general population that go to the gym and like and like to keep fit um because i you know with my training and with my clients i like to mix it up right i like to do some lifting but i definitely value doing some some bodyweight stuff calisthenics yeah. stuff should we say 
so like yesterday I you know I did some pistols I did some ring dips I did you know uh, ring rows and and chin ups and and, and space squats etc so as you, as your part of you know as your workout um, at the moment do you include any weightlifting or anything else except uh, calisthenics and how would you incorporate otherwise for people uh, you know calisthenics into the exercise regime yeah uh, great question dave um so i don't in terms of uh when you say weightlifting um there isn't that there isn't anything that i do now the the closest thing I get to is like weighted dips or, or weighted pull-ups, which is just a, um, a, a simple way to, over, to, to create some overload to those movements if we're wanting to work on a little bit more maximal strength in those patterns. Um, there's little bits and pieces if you, you know, if you, if you talk about some sort of uh, preparation work and some, some rehab style uh, rotator cuff work, we might use some one or two kilo little weights or something like that. Um, but in terms of weightlifting, um, no, there isn't. There's no. There's no deadlift. There's no bench press or anything like that. Um, these days, it's been. It's been a while. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I fare up if I try to. But, um. So you've been helping me quite a bit, actually. Uh, I remember on on the early days, and I was, uh, and I thought, you know, I could see you doing muscle ups, and I thought, you know, I better ask Dave and, and see if he can help me on on a muscle up because I can do, you know, a lot of chin ups and pull ups, yeah. even weighted, but I couldn't do a a, a muscle up, right? Yeah. So you said to me, oh, you know, do the pendulum and then grip the bar this way. Do you remember? And I, did yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went for yeah. nothing. Actually, it was the grip. Do you remember? Yeah. You showed me how yeah, to yeah. the bar. Yeah. And, it was a and, great and, example of if you, t if you took those, those two elements of calisthenics, the, the calus and stenos being like in our framework, we break it down to two main pillars of movement and strength. Like Dave came with a, a load of, you know, you do like 40 kilo chin-ups, like a whole load of strength, but the movement aspect of the muscle-up wasn't complete. Um, the start of it being like essentially a pull-up, yes, but there's some, there's some, the angle that we're pulling through needs to be slightly different. Uh, as you say, the grip on the bar needs to be slightly different. Um, and it's one of those nice things that if you have one element of, the, of those two pillars, particularly if you have the strength, the movement part, which might be a little bit of technique, a little bit of like patterning or skill acquisition, learning to, sorry, learning to move in a slightly new way or different way, um, is something that can be taught in a very short space of time. For some people, it's five minutes. But if they're not strong enough, we can give them the techniques and the movement pattern that can still be learned quite quick. But if you're not strong enough, then that's still going to take the same as your traditional strength training. You know, you might need to do block of six weeks, a block of 12 weeks. So it might take, it might take years. It depends on what the thing, depends on what your starting point and what that thing is. But um, if you, you can, we can always break it down to those, to fit into those two, two pillars for, of calisthenics of movement um, and strength. And I think that, um, yeah, it's, it's something that how many times as a, as an adult, do you go in the gym? We're well, not even in the gym, but you just, do you learn to do something new with your body? No, <laughs> it just and this is one of the things that has caught us. Um, you know, I did um, a dragon pistol squat today for the first uh, last this week for the first that. time. I was absolutely buzzing afterwards, and it's like explain that for well for uh, me and the listeners. <laughs> so uh, it's try, where, let me try and guess it. I'm trying to get oh my, with the leg out to the side. Training, yeah. the leg out the, to the side. So you, if you imagine 
it's an extension of a curtsy squat almost. So yes, if you think of a pistol right. squat, how deep you'd go in a full pistol squat and that leg out in yeah. front of you. But the curtsy means that rather than if I'm on my left leg on a pistol, bottom of a pistol squat, your right leg would be completely straight and you'd be right bum down to your, yeah. your ankle ass to grass type of position. That'd be the bottom of your pistol squat. Whereas with the dragon, that leg has to come around the back like a curtsy of the other one. And it's still straight out in front of you, but slightly a bit That's of a, amazing. an angle. That's but like hip hit loads of hip mobility oh, hip, then, right? I mean, And adductor strength, which is a really interesting one. To hold the leg off the that floor. Leg yeah. Up, um, yeah. One of the nice things about calisthenics is there's no hiding place. If you want to do something that looks quite cool or is difficult, you have got to work on those weaknesses. And so what it does is it exposes your weaknesses. Yeah. And, mm. and your weakness might not just be a strength thing. You might, your weakness might be a range of motion thing. Like the one thing that helped me... Um, improve my shoulders has been uh, i had a desire for whatever reason because i thought it's cool uh, to learn the human flag like when i started it was like right when we when we were like right i'm doing calisthenics it was like that was the what that was my carrot that was the thing i wanted to do but from years of smashing up my shoulders through rugby and then ultimately being tight to protect themselves um, and when you're doing a contact sport it, that's going to happen um the idea of just working on range of motion at my shoulder on its own as a sort of mobility thing was not not exciting enough for me to be consistent enough at it for it mm. to make a change but when i changed my mindset towards i want to learn to do a human flag which requires me to be uh, arms fully overhead so in full shoulder flexion um and until i've got good range there can i even think about having a stable shoulder there and then being able to put down maximum force pushing with the bottom arm pulling with the top arm to be able to leverage myself out and hold yourself horizontal like a, like a flag like that then became a reason for me to be to really want to sort my shoulders out and mm. you know whether someone wants to learn to do a human flag or not having something maybe it's a handstand it doesn't necessarily matter what it is but something that you get excited about doing for your training that's helping you build uh not just a more robust like human movement system but one that moves better one mm. that you can control is is only a good thing it's going to give you longevity for whatever types of training you do you know david asked we sort of moved on from it but you did ask like what would people how do you suggest people like get started with it or integrate it into their training you know you don't have to um drop all of your weight training I mean, we've done workshops with um the physios and snc coaches uh, england football at the fa we've done a workshop with the scotland rugby team and uh we weren't telling them that they have to stop doing weights but what we're saying is here's uh, because that's not that's ultimately for those sports they need that overload from mm. additional load but there's elements to some kinetic chain integration we know that the shoulder works well as part of an integrated unit rather than isolated on its own and we know that the the stability that we can create through some of the close kinetic chain training that we do where the hands fixed on the floor or fixed on the bar has some huge improvements in robustness for the shoulder now, as add on to that, the fact that it's a little bit different, it's a little bit new, it's a little bit novel. Um, oh. People get engaged in that. So for the athlete or whether you're 100%. just training at home or just in the gym, it, it, some of these movements are just going to be something fun for you to do. We have a, we have a huge um, emphasis on play. At the yeah, my, my, um, my, um, my amount of time I spent training, that week that I went from feeling bored in a gym feeling like I had to go and do my 45 minutes of pump for five times a week yeah. to go in and 
being in a gym, you know, to, to being in a yoga studio and, um, and loving what I was doing, the amount of time I spent training went up double, I think. Yeah, you enjoyed I mean, it because I was enjoying it more. I just, I just stopped and Dave, you know, Dave's still, a, Dave's still pumping iron like it's going out of fashion. And, you know, I, 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 I like to do everything <laughs> and I really like to do, you know, definitely incorporate a calisthenic. And like this morning, for example, um, I was doing some, uh, so yesterday I did some overhead uh, shoulder press. So with the feet on the wall, like, like you told me, just managing three reps and, and those are hard. You put depth to it, Dave. Do you, do you just do hand, like hands on the deck or are you on any parallettes or anything? And then I rest my, my legs up on the wall, right. so vertical. But this morning, uh, I've been doing, uh, I can, you know, with that, I, I can manage three decent reps. But this morning, I've been doing another variation that uh, Jack has been showing me, where you get yourself in a pike position, so feet on a bench or box or whatever you've got, even a chair, if you're doing this at home. And then I raise my hands on a higher level. So I use bumper plates, but it, then mm. it, can, it can be yoga blocks, whatever. And... I'm pulling myself down slowly, try to bring my forehead towards the floor, and then I'm piking, so I'm pushing myself back up. And I'm doing about eight to 10 reps with that, so I find it great for strength. But you know what, Dave? I really like the pump that it gives my shoulders. I get a great feeling of mobility, of flexibility. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, that's a nice variation to sh of, of, and you talked about, Tim, at the right at the start, talk about saying that we have a great emphasis on progression. Like the idea that Dave can do three um, handstand push-ups with his feet up against the wall is is great, but it's a very low um, rep range. That if he's wanting to, depending on what adaptation he's looking for, that's that's quite a demand, and there's only so much of that you're going to be able to do. So, a variation from that is that pike push-up that he that he describes, where he's staying in that sort of like hip flexion position, that pike position, but raising the hands up lets him go through a deeper range of motion. The same thing with like your, your body's feeling good from all the yoga you're doing because you're probably exploring different ranges of motion, end ranges and different planes of motion than you would exactly. have done traditionally with your weightlifting. So yeah. by the, the, the problem with like a handstand push-up where your hands are on the floor is you're actually limited to when your, head come, when your hands come down towards your head, then all of a sudden you meet the floor. You've not actually taken the hand down towards the shoulder where you do a mm. full range of motion shoulder press. Whereas it, it, honestly, it, I've done it a few times and it felt a bit short. Like from when I was, when I was not before yoga a, a year yeah. or two ago, it, the range felt a bit short. It was actually a CrossFit class, which was the only CrossFit class I've ever done. Mm. But I was doing handstand pushups against the wall. You was allowed to kick your legs, which I felt a bit weird at doing, but the range felt a bit short. Um, and now yeah, doing what I do yoga wise is it feels much, feels much better. The yeah. opening of, I go, I try and do a wheel at least once a day just to feel that lengthening all the way through from, you yeah. know, I felt so weak that first day. <laughs> so weak. I had to let my ego go completely. I don't know. Yeah, ego had went out the window day one. Like I'd come, I'd literally was 15 minutes previous. I was in a gym lifting a weight that I felt good about doing. You know, it was, there was a few people around that knew I was a trainer. So you've got to, look a certain way to some degree or you think yeah. you have and then uh, and then I was in a yoga studio with you know 15 15 women and uh, and and they was doing stuff that I would was weeks weeks if not months away from even getting close to yeah. so yeah um I, I mean Dave I've got a couple of last questions for Jacko but I'll put them in right at the end if you've got anything else you want to say now 
got say I've got two. I've got one good question that everybody's asked me, and I'll, I'll ask in a second. Oh, it's mine. <laughs> I think it's mine. It's an obvious one. But um, the other thing on uh, really on, on training, Dave, uh, is like, and me and you spoke about this in the gym, and I spoke uh, on the, with this with Tim too. It was, uh, for example, we talked about the the deadlifted, um, the deadlifting record that was broke the other week, 501 kilos, and obviously I've no idea that, but. I've been deadlifting for a while and lately my back started to be a little bit, you know, a little bit tight, a little bit stiff. I wake up in the morning, a little bit, you know, not so bad, not great. Yeah. And I thought, okay, you know what? I need to start working back on my single leg because I neglected the, the, the pistols for a little while. So I started doing pistol squats again. I started doing split set squats. So one leg on a bench for people that don't know, one leg is squatting, holding that dumbbells or kettlebells on each side. I've been doing single leg deadlift variations, lunges, and no heavy lifting, no deadlifting or anything like that, no back squatting. I did that for two or three weeks, and then I tried deadlifting again, and guess what? Stronger yeah. and no, uh, no discomfort at all. Yeah, yeah. You're creating, you're creating more. There's a transfer between single leg exercises that transfer them back into your double leg compared to the other way around. If you get really good at uh, like bilateral movements, you, you're not necessarily going to be, we see it all the time when we screen athletes where you might be great, um, you might be great squatting, like you might be able to put a, might be able to squat 100 kilo, 150 kilo. But as soon as you take that bar off the back, they find it difficult to get range. And then you stick them on the single leg and it's like they've got no hip stability, no knee control. Um, whereas if you work that, that's just, we've got like a little, a little mini um, sort of subsystem within our framework of, of a continuum of mobility, stability, strength. And that those three things are all going to impact on each other, but you need to work from the bottom up. So if we don't have good quality range of motion, our stability is going to be compromised. Um, or because you're lacking stability, you might actually, uh, the brain might just reduce the range of motion that you're allowed to work through. And both of those two things are going to have an impact on the actual force that you're able to input out at the end of it in terms of that in terms of that strength you go and work on one of those areas you end up as you've seen dave you end up you ramp up that stability in the middle i imagine that your range of motion as in your back isn't then hurting anymore at the at that, that side of it and then you've also got the strength um that you've managed to to apply like the brain will only allow you to produce a, the, enough force that it feels comfortable or stable or safe to do like the brain is always concerned about two things, safety and, um, and uh, prediction. So it's trying to predict, like, is this effective? That, like, is this safe? If I apply all this force down, is something going to, is something going to blow up? It doesn't want you to get, to get injured. So, um, yeah, no, that's, that's definitely, that's something that we see with the massively with the shoulder. If you think of the, how the, the great range of motion that the shoulder's got, all of that range comes at a compromise of stability because it has so much range of motion just because of the architecture of, of that joint. And so mm. by having a, having a way of training it, um, like in calisthenics, where not only are you taking it through range of motion and connecting it into the rest of the kinetic chain, because we're not, we're always using our full body. Um, we're not sort of isolating it on its, on its own. Um, we're giving it impetus and stimulus that's, good, that's helping drive that uh that that increase in demand of stability that ultimately allows us to apply larger forces that lets you do either lift big weights or do cool stuff like human flags and handstand push-ups 
Yeah, and uh, and the other one is on, is on diet, Dave, because uh, you've got amazing abs. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> that can see you on the Instagram or Facebook uh, definitely can uh, you know can notice those. So, do you ever cheat in terms of food? Uh well, there's um, it's uh, I've recently had so. Um, I've written a blog on this. So if people do, we could link, we could link to the blog to be fair. Um, so people can look at some of the, cause I've linked some research in there and whatnot as well, but can look in a bit more detail. But basically I, um, <laughs> Tim, Tim, <laughs> Tim takes the make and he says, it looks like you've swallowed a turtle. I've got like a, like a extreme, like a turtle shell on my, <laughs> I used to love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a kid, but, um, as a kid, I used to do an obscene amount of sit-ups every morning and every night because I wanted a six-pack like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like every good teenage lad. Um, and actually just overworked probably some, um, some, some very bad just like flexion patterns. Um, and I think my, my dad claims that there's some genetics involved as well. He reckons he had an awesome six-pack when, when he was a kid too. Um, but in terms of... Uh, uh, since we went into lockdown, we've had a real in our in our house. We've had a real shift. Um, well, Catherine was probably my wife was already probably already already there, but certainly I made a big shift from really focusing on like I knew it was important to be healthy, but all of a sudden, like the shift was was like this is this is now the most important thing in my life right now is that I need I need us to be healthy and I need mm -hmm. us not to get to get sick. And, um, I've always believed in the, the process of, um, you will get perform, you'll get high performance out of your, out of your body, out of your human movement system, if it's healthy and getting that the right way around. Um, so rather than going, I want to do, you know, I want to drop this much body fat. I want to do this, that, that. it's like, well, your, your body will allow you to do that. If it's functioning, at it's optimum. And for it to be functioning is optimum it needs to be fully healthy and therefore being fed with uh, the right nutrients it needs. And that isn't just, we've had a number of guests on our podcast, um, like functional health, Dr. Sally Bell, um, natural lifestyleist, Tony Riddle, Richie Norton. We've had all these people that have come at a very holistic approach to, to their health and fitness. And it's not just about what we're eating. It's about how we're eating and how mindful we are, how we, how are we dealing with our stress responses? What am I sleeping like? How am I managing that? But from yes. a nutritional point of view, the shift for me has been um, everything that's been going. So in terms of like, have I cheated? I, I haven't cheated anything in the last eight weeks since we went into lockdown. Um, and actually for the last 30 days, did a bit of it. After seeing the research um, around leaky gut relating to um, traumatic brain injuries, did a 30-day a reset, which... Um, is a like taking almost anything that could be not, not even cheating, but just taking anything out that might even be, um, you know, common issues for, for people in terms of digestion. Um, so I wasn't even having, uh, having coffee and, um, mm. it was basically like meats, meat, potatoes and, and vegetables. And at first you were like, when you look at what my diet used to be like, which was still good, but yeah, there was, there was plenty of little naughties in there every now and again. And I would, what what are those, Dave? Then uh, what would you classify as uh, as naughty then? Um, well, I was not. I would. So I would. But just my um, my my mindset had just shifted, and 
some of those, what I would see as like, even what I would see as naughty now is just completely different. And the weird thing was after a certain amount of time, you just don't even, I felt, I feel so good now. My recovery is so much better. My performance is so much better that I don't even really, even really want some of this, but like I would, um, so one of the first things I took out was gluten. So I look like I didn't eat loads of bread, but I would love bread um, and pizza. Um, but it was just I probably applied what I used to be able to. What I what I would have done before is I would apply sort of like an eighty twenty rule that a lot of people would agree with and say is fine. Um, but I could go to town on my twenty, and that could be like cookies and chocolate and did it and but because i've got you know i've got a decent level of like muscle mass and, and, and reasonable body composition that and i've had that for a very long time like i played professional rugby for 13 years i could in in in, in inverted commas like get away with those cheat meals in terms of i could still aesthetically look yeah. okay but what's that doing to my insides? What's that doing um, if I've if I've had developed leaky gut because of my traumatic brain injury? What's that doing to me internally? Um, you know, so I used to I had an athlete's foot for forever, and like at, at times it would get really bad. And there was a period where my feet were almost felt like they were falling apart. Two days after taking gluten out of my diet, athlete's foot gone. Really? I, two I days. just to jump in there on something. Um, Dave might know more about it than myself, but I just heard of a guy, quite a prominent vegan, went back to putting uh, fatty fatty fish into his diet, and his athlete foot athlete's foot cleared up instantly. Mm. He said again, like literally almost overnight. I mean, yes, yeah. it's, so it's, it's, it's it's crazy. But then that that um, that then spurs you on to go like, wow. So that like before I didn't really look at my athlete's foot and think that that, I just thought, oh, I've got sweaty feet or whatever. Like, whereas when you look into it and you go, well, actually that's a sign potentially of an autoimmune response. So there's something going on in the background, even though I look good, that's where we're trying to change that shift in, in my mindset. And then when anyone then asks me now, I can only give them my honest answer is like, Mm. don't worry if we're, if it, if you're, if you're focusing on what you look like, then you can do you can get that performance like potentially the wrong way or a less healthy way. But if you go for like my my body composition now is I'm probably in the best shape I've ever been in, and like everyone, I'm the oldest I've ever been. But I shouldn't. I'm going to be 38 next week. I shouldn't be as lean and have the muscle like bulk that I have compared to when I wasn't, but the shift I've changed in terms of everything, everything's for health. There's, there's nothing going in that isn't healthy. No. Um, and being more aware of, um, of what my body is actually telling me. So yeah, when I feel the athlete's foot coming back, I can look and go, well, what, why is that? What's, what's going on? What's wrong mm. there? Like when I'm not sleeping well, well, what's, what's right there? But was on my computer up till late and I haven't actually down regulated or, you know, have I got some of the digest? You know, there's all these different things, but say I put a load of all this down um, in a blog and link into some of the, um, some you of the send it me, mate. I'll put it in the, I'll put it yeah. in the notes of the, yeah. 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 Cool. Some of the recipes for some of the things like um, the stewed apples and there's a, oh, right. I've got a, um, an obsession with potatoes at the moment, which, all right. um, but cooked and cooked, cooking them and cooling them changes the starch in them. David can tell you all about this to be able to tell you more detail than I can, but, 
I just know that um, aiming for health is making me feel so much better. But mm. then my performance, and if it's if you want to change your body comp, yeah, you could do it. You can you can do your calorie restriction and still eat a Mars bar, like. But that doesn't mean that what's going on on the inside. And actually, yeah, can you do it a better way? Yeah, and are you gonna are you gonna feel better for as a result of it? That's um, great. Yeah. Um, so I did pre warn you, Dave. That, that's your both your points you wanted to get in, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I did. I gave you a little heads up on this, so I'm sort of listeners. I'm not totally sticking Dave with this. Well, here. Yeah, I haven't um, thought of what the answers are going to be there. <laughs> so um, I'm stuck in a one bedroom apartment, mate. I want to go full calisthenics as of now, right now, tomorrow morning. What yeah. are your three sort of tips, even if that's a bit of kit that's worth getting? Um, movements initially to start with. Let's try and wrap it up nice and with three sort of bullet points and the fourth one as i said earlier will be obviously go and check out your website your instagram and uh all your free stuff because you've got cool stuff going um, on so wrap us up mate uh yeah so well we probably if you're going to start like we have um two resources on our on our online platform which is um our virtual we called our virtual classroom where we've got a beginner's program that's free and then during lockdown we've made bodyweight basics which is a, a full sort of program designed to help people get the fundamentals of bodyweight movement like laid down um which we've made free during lockdown as well so they can literally follow along programs and tutorials etc in there um in terms of kit one thing that if you haven't got any kit the one problem you have is that most of your training then becomes push based unless you've got something to, to hang from um and rather than jumping straight for um a pull-up bar, which would be, you know, we've got pull-up bar, like it's a great, it's a great shout, but a set of gymnastics rings. Mm. Um, we sell them in our shop. Um, gymnastics rings are so versatile um, and give you so much variation that you can have for your training. So you um, can body row and, and yeah. rather, rather than full pull-up and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but then you've got your full pull-ups, you can do muscle-ups on them as well, but you've got all your pushing patterns, you yeah. can do that so much core muscle. It allows you to work. You can change your body angle to make it any, literally any exercise that you're going to do, to make it slightly harder or slightly easier, depending mm. on what body angle you're at. You're able to go through huge ranges of motion as much as you want, basically, um, because you've got all that space between the rings. Um, it allows them to be so versatile. They, yeah. they turn and they rotate, but then also because they move about, then you've got a stability demand because they're not completely fixed. Um, so you right. have to, your body has to create that stability um, itself. So that is a fantastic piece of kit. That's a bit of a, it's a huge all rounder. Mm. Um, and they're out, like, I mean, the, you can buy them wherever you want to be fair. We, on our, on our site, they're 29 99. So they're not even, it's a, it's a, cheap. It's cheap. It's a cheap piece of kit. Um, that would be yeah. the one thing I'd definitely um, get. And then uh, in terms of advice, it would be, you mentioned ego before when you said when you went to to the yoga. You, yeah. you need to you need to pick some pick. We always suggest like picking something as I mentioned before that's going to motivate you to and and make you excited so that you are consistent. And that might be, um, and whilst you're at home, something like a handstand doesn't need any equipment whatsoever. Um, but what you have to do is even if you watch a load of videos of people doing it and making it seem easy, uh, remember that when we started, we had no gymnastics experience at all my first ever frog stand which is where you're on your hands with your elbows bent in your knees like a crow stand in yoga with your yeah. knees on your elbows i just did a face plant straight onto the floor the first <laughs> time i did it like that's how bad we were um and you have to even if you are 
you know, you might feel strong and you, you feel really good at what you currently do. If that's not body weight and that's not some of these movements like handstands, etc., then you have to leave your ego to one side a little bit and just work and trust through the process um, and build things up progressively. Um, so my, if I don't know how important it is, but my, if my final one can be sort of as part of that is we use the term earn the right to progress. Right. I love it. Yeah. Like just putting a bit of context to like progressive overload. There's, we have to trust that process, but also um, respect those progressions in that if I'm starting off on day one at zero, let's not try and go to five or 10, like in one day. Um, and, and enjoy, enjoy the, uh, you'll have some struggles along the way when you're trying to do something that you essentially think is going to be pretty difficult. Like we talk about redefining your impossible. So you might think oh, there's no way I could do a handstand, but I fancy giving it a try and I'm going to try some of these easier regressions to, to build it up. Um, it's going to feel amazing once you finally do that movement because you're going to remember what it was like to feel impossible at the start. Yeah. And that tends to sure. change your mindset towards all of your training. And, and mm. outside, it transcends out of training and actually goes through your life. You go, well, what other things in life do I think are impossible for me to do that I could apply this new mindset that I've just unlocked effectively because I used to yeah. think that other thing was impossible. Too. I used to think a human flag was Photoshopped. I used to think it was impossible. <laughs> well, now I can do one. Like, what does that do to my mindset of other things that I think look impossible? Yeah. So, yeah. There's some, Where's uh, Dave gone? There he is. Right, mate. That, that's been great. I think that's been a great chat. Absolutely. And uh, from, you know... I've only asked people on that I think are doing great stuff out there um, in the, the sort of uh, in and around the fitness industry. So uh, everyone who's listening to this will know to go and go and check out um, School of Calisthenics and uh, Dave Jackson Human Flag. Is it Dave Jacko Human Flag? Something uh, yeah, like that. Instagram. Just, yeah, just the easiest ones. School, school of Cal- Yeah, not particularly active. I'm a person. So on Instagram, we're School of Calisthenics. Uh, the website schoolcalisthenics.com. Um, we've got fifty percent off our online memberships. Uh, right now so you can get yourself a bargain there or like i said if you're brand new just starting out our beginners program is free and also bodyweight basics is free brilliant um and it's very grammable stuff that you guys do so (laughs) (laughs) um definitely uh definitely go and check it out guys guys um you guys stay on the line i'll uh, say goodbye in a second but uh thanks for that jacko pleasure thanks see you later mate thanks for that dave italian dave (laughs) and this has been uh coffee with coaches guys we'll uh will um this will be out in the next few days and i'll uh, we've got much more coming in the next uh, in the next while myself and dave dyer and all the rest of it so keep listening share this stuff if you've found it interesting and hit me up with any questions you've got guys thanks a lot bye <laughs>